0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. To Share the word of God with us. Thanks, Tom. Thanks very much, Dal. What a great day in the house of God. When we started singing that song before, do it again, my spirit just started to leap. Do it again, do it again. And then immediately I said, Lord, what do you want to do again? And I immediately went back to a couple of years ago. I remember one night two people got healed in this place for heart rhythm issues and their hearts were healed one rang me the next day saying for 23 years I've had problems and during the night I woke up and realized it had been sorted another one two days later rang me and said I waited for two days to make sure this was real but my heart is now sorted out I said Lord what are you up to and then I realized he today wants to touch some people with heart conditions if you've got heart rhythm or there's pain in your heart or it's not functioning right, um, also lung or chest pain. Who's that right now in this place? You need prayer right now. Just come quickly. I just feel the Spirit of God here right now. Reach out in faith right now. Let the anointing... When God stirs my heart on... Come on out. If, you, if this is... <clears throat> you need prayer right now. Just come up the front so we can pray. Just come forward so we can pray for you. Some of the team come and help us right now because the Spirit of God... Reach out in faith right now. Let, your, let the anointing God... God wants to touch you, sister. His power is here to touch you today in Jesus' name. Lord, let your anointing right now release your, that pain over her body and touch her body now. Let that blood flow correctly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Reach out in faith right now. Come on, speak the name of Jesus right now because the power of God is here to touch. Lord, let touch, touch Nigel's body in Jesus' name. I pr- speak healing over his heart right now. Lord, release that condition off of his body. I speak your healing power, Lord. What you did on the cross right now, be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you for peace over the rest of his body, not just his heart. Lord, touch his knees. Lord, I just pray right now for your healing power. And his lungs, let that breathing flow properly in Jesus' name. I release your power over his body right now. I rebuke that condition and say, be healed. Lord, let your anointing flow right now. Oh, God, we release your healing power. Let it flow. Let it flow right now, Father. Lord, bring joy and freedom. Lift off that fear. Lord, the... the, that anxiety and fear that comes because the heart just plays up so often. Jesus' name, be healed. God, thank you right now. Thank you for having the touch Lord. Let a peace come over her chest. That tightness will go. And I thank you right now. Lord, where there's been fluid buildup, I release right now your healing power that it would flow as you determine. Touch Dave right now. Father, this man of God who serves, Lord, he serves. I just pray, Lord, you would give him strength for his days and touch his heart right now. Touch his body in Jesus' name. Lord, touch. Oh, God, just touch this precious woman of God. Let her know. Let her know your grace. Oh, let Bev know your healing power over her chest, over her body in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your healing power right now, just flowing over her in the name of Jesus' In the name of Jesus, God, just touch you with your peace right now. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your healing power just flowing over her right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Oh, God. Lord, I just thank you for your grace. That's it. You've got a heart of faith. And God reaches out and takes your hand and says, I'm going to walk every day with you. There's been times when you felt alone. Where you've wondered, has God forgotten you? And God would say, I've never forgotten you, even though at times you felt on alone or in the outer. The Spirit of God today is putting His arms around you and say, I love you. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. Thank you, Jesus. Just let Your love pour. I'll just come. Just come and just stand with it. She needs a hug. She needs to know that she's loved right now. Father, touch her with your healing power. Lord, that condition must leave her body right now in Jesus' name. I thank you right now. I thank you, Lord, for your healing power over Lord, Touch his body. Touch his heart. His back. Lord, I thank you for your healing power. seen many others healed and today we say do it again Lord, do it again do it again, do it again Lord you've healed him in the past and I pray do it again Lord, we receive that by faith in the name of Jesus do it again Lord, do it again we pray in Jesus name there's someone else out in the crowd. You didn't have a heart condition, but you came in here with pain in your body and right now the healing power of Jesus is setting your heart free. In between your shoulders at the back in a shoulder blade that hasn't been moving right, I pray now lift that pain off in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you are our healer. Lord, do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. Let's lift our voice and let's thank Him right now. Do it again, Lord. Lord, do it again. Set people free. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your grace. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Lord, we love you. Our times are in your hands, Father. We're never alone, Father. We're never alone. You walk with us. I thank you for your grace and healing power. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you praise. I thank you for your love that overflows our hearts. And we say, you are awesome, Lord. You are awesome, Lord. And I pray some people will go home and know that they're healed. Others will discover it when they wake up tomorrow. Some will discover it next time they go for a doctor's checkup and they say, wow, the symptoms are gone in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. Do it again. Do it again and again and again. Reveal your kingdom, grace and power in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Give praise to God. He's so good. So, so good. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We had five people respond to Jesus in the first service today. God's Spirit is drawing hungry hearts. He's setting people free. And maybe you're here today saying, wow, I'm not sure what's going on. God's Spirit is reaching out to touch your heart. Last weekend, we had an awesome weekend with Pastor Danny Guglielmucci. Wasn't that an amazing weekend throughout the whole weekend? And all those messages are now on our website. You can get them on podcast Or if you want to actually order a a CD, you can do that. And uh, there were so many messages that impacted our hearts. And uh, I was talking to Pastor Danny this week and he wants to come back again. He says, you've got a a church that just touches my heart. He said, those people are so hungry for God. So we're trying to work out a a weekend to come next year. He's booked up for the rest of the year. But he's maybe popped back for a couple of days during a week to spend more time with our leaders and just help us. So we're trying to lock in a couple of days during a midweek. God is good. And one of the messages he preached last Sunday morning, he preached on how do you keep your focus on Jesus when his own son was struck by lightning while he was the youth pastor at a youth camp? And how do you not get offended at God? And how do you walk through the, all the questions that come? Very powerful message and encourage you to get a copy of that or download it. But one of the comments he made stirred my heart and I felt to unpack it a bit more was when he talked about the four men that brought the guy on the paralyzed man on the stretcher to Jesus. And I started to think about that some more. And I want to just unpack that. So Mark 2 verse 1 says, Jesus returned to Capernaum and a few days later the news went out that he was at home. So so many people gathered together there was no longer room for them, not even near the door and Jesus was discussing with them the word of God. Then they came, bringing to him a paralyzed man who was being carried by four men. When they were unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above Jesus And when they dug out an opening, they let down the man on which the paralyzed man was lying. What an exciting story, unless you were the homeowner. So excited to invite Jesus to come and speak at your home. All the crowds coming. This is awesome. Until they start ripping your roof apart. You've got to put yourself in some of these stories and see this was quite an amazing time of life. When Jesus saw their active faith springing from confidence in him, he said to the Paralysed man, son, your sins are forgiven him. Hold on, he come to get healed, get off his stretcher, not about sins. God will always do more than you expect because he's the God of more than enough. But some of the scribes were sitting there de- debating in their hearts the implication of what he had said. Why does this man talk that way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins, remove guilt, nullify sins penalty and assign righteousness except God alone? Immediately... Jesus being fully aware of their hostility and knowing in his spirit that they were thinking they said to them why are you debating and arguing about these things in your hearts which is easier to say to the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven or to say get up and pick up your mat and walk but so that you may know that the son of man has the authority and power on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralyzed man I say to you get up pick up your mat and go home and he got up and immediately picked up the mat and went out before them all so that they were astonished and they glorified and praised God. Wow, what a story. I love it. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible and it's written in Luke as well, Luke chapter 5. So four men one day heard that Jesus was coming to town. And I don't know whether they'd heard Jesus before or had heard about the miracles. They'd obviously heard something because it says it sparked their faith. So four men just said to their friend who was paralyzed, and if you were paralyzed, you were an outcast, they didn't have a social security system, it meant he was in poverty and in great need. And they heard that Jesus had healed people so they could do it again. And uh, today, we look around, there are many paralyzed people in our community. They might not all be physically paralyzed, but there is a whole lot of people that are paralyzed by fear. They are paralysed by addictions so they can't live a free life. They are paralysed by anxiety. They might be paralysed by sin and the effects of it. Paralysed by the past, their past shame and guilt. Maybe their pain, their broken relationships, the abuse, the deception, the unforgiveness. Even sometimes people get paralysed by their success and financial resources because then they can't live a free life and they got to, all they do is look after what they've got and they get paralyzed to be free. And God wants us to live in freedom and we have four men one day who said we're going to carry our friend on the stretcher to Jesus. And I want to talk about those four men today because they typify you and I. That there's a whole lot of people paralyzed in our community and thank God someone reached out with the gospel to you. It might have been a, a parent if you were grow, grew up in a Christian home. It might have been a friend or a neighbor or someone that saw you, reached out like Marilyn did that funeral four months ago and then the family were in church today connecting with Jesus. You, she carried the stretcher of love to a family that were going through brokenness with a stillborn birth of a child and you never know when you were carrying people into the presence of Jesus. So these four men, they, carried, they were ordinary people who did an extraordinary thing and brought them to an extraordinary son of God who transformed this man's world. And I believe God's called all of us to bring people into Jesus' presence, to, work, to, to have a welcome culture where we're inviting people to church, we're inviting them into our homes, into our hearts, into the influence of Christ over our life. How powerful is that? And um, Danny mentioned that there's four types of people in the world. Number one, those who don't want to get on the stretcher. I'm okay, I'll look after myself, I don't need God in my life, I don't need your help. Sometimes it's out of fear, they really secretly want to be helped, but they put up the walls. And so some people just refuse to get on the stretcher, to be carried to God's presence and hope and healing. Sometimes as Christians, we become self-sufficient instead of connected to the body of Christ. Secondly, there's those who don't want to ever get off the stretcher. They got needs, someone's going to carry them, look after them, and so they don't ever want to get well enough to get off the stretcher. So, because then they've got to step up and carry their own mat and, and carry responsibility in their life. I've met a few people, I've, they're in great need. I've prayed for them, and nothing's happening. I said, Do you really want to get rid of this? And they said, Not really, because it gets me all the attention and support I need. They might lose their disability pension from the government. I've prayed with people that didn't get healed and when I burrowed down, they said that. There's so many reasons and excuses that can happen. Some people just don't want to get off the stretcher. They want someone to make the decisions and pay for their way in life. So we've got those sort of people that don't want to get on. Some don't want to get off. And then we've got others who need to carry the stretcher. They're helping people, but they actually do it because they're getting a sense of their own needs of being needed met. And so they're always helping and rescuing and carrying people, but inside there's mixed motives. God loves us. We all do that at times. Marilyn and I, we've rescued some people along the way and then they didn't want to be rescued and they throw your help back in your face. And we've all done that because we want to be Jesus to our community. But others, long-term, they need to be needed and they get to a place where don't you take my ministry off me. Not your ministry, it's the opportunity to serve. What an honor and privilege it is. And so there's some people that wrestle with that. And then the fourth lot is people who find their corner of the stretcher and with their calling and gifting and experience, and they help carry lots of people over their lifetime to Jesus. They live for eternal values and rewards. Have a little think. What if one of the men said, I'm too busy? Yeah, Jesus is in town, but I'm too busy and I'm not going to carry the stretcher. It might not have happened. The other three said, hey, we're two kilometres from that home. It's, he's going to be too heavy for just two or three of us to do it. Sometimes your contribution doesn't seem really important, but it is very, very important. What about if they got halfway and one guy said, I'm getting tired, dropped his corner. Uh-oh, the guy might have fell on the ground and got more injuries. Or, he dropped out, the other one had to would take an extra load and gets worn out and saying, this is so hard, ministry's so hard. Sometimes because there's not enough people doing their part, but when everyone does their part, it's amazing what happens. And there's lots of other things that could have happened. What if they argued over who was to be in the front or the back? Uh-oh. So I think, oh, I'd love to be a singer, but God hasn't called you to be a singer. Just be the carer that God's called you to be. Let's, let's do whatever corner of the stretcher God's called us to do in His body and let's do it with a great heart, a great attitude, fully, and don't be arguing about my gift or my role is more important than yours. Everyone's important because that's the way God's designed us. And we don't even know their names, so they were unknown people. But God always knows their names and what a great reward there's going to be in heaven one day. And Billy Graham's walked into that. Wow. The rewards that come. We might have other fears, excuses that they could have used. They might have said, well, I'm not strong enough. What if we get there and the place is crowded, which is what probably what it is. But they could have talked themselves out of it really. What about the paralyzed man didn't want to get on the stretcher? He said, I'm an outcast and what could really happen? I don't want to be in a big crowd and made a scene of. They might have had to put him on and tie him on to get him there. Who knows? Some people have got all sorts of excuses, but I love the people who just persist because God keeps stirring your heart, keep writing, keep inviting, don't give up praying for them because God's Spirit wants to rescue and reach every, everyone. So there could have been a whole lot of things that went on. And when they did get there, the place is crowded. Thank God they didn't give up and go home. Because if they would have turned around and gone home, they would have carried them all the way back. But when Jesus intervened, they didn't have to carry him back. How awesome when you stay and do it God's way, it's not always hard work. And so someone says, well, let's go up on the roof. And in those times, the uh, they had a flat roof because it was hot and they would go up and have their evening meals there. They'd have an outside staircase. So they went up and the roof was made of uh, straw and mud and palm leaves and branches. So they just started pulling it apart. They thought, there's no way we're going to get in there to... See, and we've walked all his way. We're not carrying him back. Let's get him. And then they lowered him down the roof. That's when everyone had to really be on team. What if one guy let the rope go? Whew, the guy falls down and knocks over Jesus. That would have really interrupted the meeting. When God's at work, sometimes it gets a bit messy. Jesus preached in a way. amazing sermon. They're all hanging. Next minute, there's bits of roof falling over Everyone. When God's at work, sometimes things get messy and we want to have nice, predictable services and nice, predictable lives. When Jesus is at work, there's always a bit of chaos, holy chaos, I call it. There's lives being changed and set free and I think, God, do it again, do it again. Let His Spirit overflow. And they partnered together, they found the blessing of unity and serving as a team. That's why I just thank God. I look across. We've got over 200 people in our church volunteer on teams or serve in some way in our church. And thank God that there's so many people. Let's give them all a hand today because we serve together. We're a team. You might say, well, my part's only a little bit. Every part's important because we're all carrying the stretch of bringing someone else closer to Jesus. It might be a family member, a believer who's been through grief and loss. They need to be carried for a time with support and some meals cooked and, and love shown and, and some, someone to listen and care for their need. Whatever it is, we're a team. And so Wednesday night, those are interested in partnership, invite you to come to our place. Put your name down uh, at the reception desk and and uh, we've got lots of people that are committed partners and others are interested. We'll talk about our DNA and who we are as a church and and we'd love to have you come on board to that next level. We carry Jesus people of Jesus every day in all sorts of ways. Our worship team, they carry us into the presence of God every week. Thank God for our worship team, as Troy said. African worship's awesome, but it's a bit more chaotic, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I've been to India and hallelujah, the first time I went to India, they sing with all their heart, but it's so noisy. No matter what song you start, it all goes into the same beat every time. The musicians get so frustrated. We tried to teach a song and they turned it into their beat by the second time round. We just gave up trying to change it. And and it was just awesome. And they're they're singing all over the place. The worship leader will sing the first verse and, and in any key and then the musicians have to try and find the key. By the third verse, they've found the right key and then there's some sort of harmony. But they're all having a great time. Chaotic, but God responds to the heart. And... Thank God for our worship. Thank God for our prayer team that pr- regularly pray and carry people before the throne of grace, Sylvia and all the team. And we carry one another into the throne of grace by prayer. We've got our bus drivers and our people that do that, they, they literally go and carry people in the bus to church or to youth or to events. We bring people in our cars that need that help. We carry people. We've got people that are in administration, life group leaders, We've got leaders of various ministries and uh, carers and doctors and nurses and counsellors and children's ministry and youth and transformations team and volunteers, parents, hospitality, practical helps, mentors, marketplace ministries in your profession or where you work. We have uh, preachers and teachers. We have financial givers that contribute to the vision and resource it. We're all involved and thank God. When the more that do it, I heard one preacher say a long time ago the quickest way to have revival is just mobilize everyone in the church, and revival happens automatically because we're all just doing our part, bringing Jesus into our world and serving. We don't have to pray and fast to get revival when everyone's functioning, there's a move of God happens. And I believe that is true because God's already equipped us all to flow in His presence and power. And we serve the Lord by serving people with our love, our passion, and our gifts. Just be willing to keep saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And as Marilyn shared, Billy Graham, what an amazing man of God, who just, an ordinary man. And I was reading a bit of his story last night um, on the internet. And when he first started preaching, he went to a Bible college and and one of the lecturers said, oh, you can't preach for a while. You better, well, I don't think you're going to make it. And he started a little church. They said, oh, you're not a good enough pastor. Two, Two people turned him down. But another guy said, there's something on your life when you speak people listen they are compelled to listen and then by 1949 the power of god just was flowing through him i had the privilege in 1979 of being in sydney the last time he came to australia and my brother was down there he says billy graham's in town let's go we went to the randwick race course 80,000 people showed up on a sunday afternoon to hear billy graham it was so powerful The choir sang thousands of people and there's people in the stands all over the race course. It was just so powerful. Hundreds of buses lined up from all over the region coming. And as he preached, he preached so simply, but he just presented Jesus. And there was an anointing on him. It just compelled people to be drawn to Christ. People who were invited didn't want to know anything about God. By the end of his preaching, they were crying and walking their way to the front. There was a power of God came because he just gave his heart fully to god he stayed integrous all his life and as people are walking down the front i'm weeping in in the crowd and i said god if i can do anything and bring some people to you like this it it really touched my heart i thought lord let i'm gonna give my life to preach your gospel and do and and no one else could be billy graham because that's him but he carried his corner of the stretcher all of his life and all of us can carry the gurney stretcher he touched there was 2.3 million people recorded decisions in his meetings over the years he went to 185 countries and they estimate that 2.2 billion people have heard him speak on radio tv and other places and uh and there was a uh, 215 million people heard him face to face by far greater than anyone else there's people in this crowd here that have came to jesus In the first service, there was two people I talked to. They said, we gave our hearts to Jesus in a Billy Graham. Who else did here? George did as well. Over here, there's always, in every meeting I go to, if I ask this, there's always people who have come to Christ in Billy Graham's meetings. Because God, in 1959, Australia was the closest we've ever seen to a major move of God. Billy Graham preached around Australia. One third of the total population of Australia went to hear him speak. One third, they've got all the figures, turned up to hear him speak. at meetings all over our nation. The Melbourne Cricket Ground, the ground record is not held by the Olympics or the AFL final, it's held by Billy Graham. One hundred and fifty-seven thousand people showed up at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, and still holds the record by a long way for the Melbourne Cricket Ground. They had tens of thousands outside. The police didn't want to let them go on the ground. They said, "We've got to, otherwise people are going to get crushed outside." They opened the gates, and the stands were full. And then there was tens of thousands filled the whole field, and that went on night after night. And we need, so I say, God, do it again, do it again. It mightn't be through a crusade, but it will free through the body of Christ carrying people to Jesus. Do it again because the cry of this nation is saying, we need some answers. We need some values. We need some truth. Do it again, Lord. Let your Spirit sweep over our lives so that we carry many people into your presence. God, do it again by your Spirit. And I believe God's stirring our nation, our hearts. He's stirring the people of God. He's stirring us to be willing to carry, to carry People into the presence of Jesus, whatever that looks like for you and I. In Luke 5, it, it's the other version of the story, and it says, And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Wow. Wow. There was faith in the house. That's why I'm just I'm just crazy enough to believe that God can do it again and again. And again, I wake up sometimes with dreams of thousands of people coming into the kingdom in this place. God's promised us at least 4,000 souls in this church and community. And I know He's going to do it. I'm not, I'm not silly about that, but I've learned when you match your faith to what God says, anything you will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God's stirring us to lift our vision. The needs are great in our land, but the, the answer is greater. God can do it again by His Spirit. It says that when Jesus saw their faith, doesn't say anything about the faith of the man on the stretcher. He may have had faith. But the fact he didn't refer to his faith probably indicates that he was so beaten down and so um, outcast and just given up on life a long time before. Because he was paralyzed. But Jesus their faith. How did he see their faith? They didn't have a big sign over their head, I'm full of faith. They didn't have time to say all these nice words that I'm a faith man or woman. He saw their faith because he knew they had carried him and they found a way through the crowd. God will see your faith as you keep reaching out to whatever God's put on your heart to connect with, to reach out to. And every time we invite and bring someone to church, God sees your faith that connects with their faith. Every time. You sow some seeds of love and hope in your workplace or your neighbourhood. I believe if we have a welcome culture and we invite people into this amazing presence of God that we have here, we're going to see a huge harvest of people come to Christ. There are so many people desperate for answers, searching. We were down at the, uh, the walk last night for the transformation walk. I'm sure it was more than 5Ks. My legs tell me it was about 10. Oh, dear Lord. i got to go and measure that and see how far it really was. There was people coming and standing around saying, What's going on? What's going on? I'm just talking to one after another about what was happening. They said, Oh, you, yeah, we've heard of that. We've heard of that. I thought, God, your word is getting out in our community of transformation of lives, of our church. And I said, She said, Who are you? I said, I'm the pastor basically Oh, I've heard of that church as well. They do good stuff. This is people I've never met just in the community. And God's at work changing lives. And we need to be living it out. And let's carry the stretcher. And at the end, Jesus said, Get up and walk. Wasn't they? Hey, if you feel a bit of tingling in your legs, let's try and see if you can walk. He just says, get up and walk. And this guy just jumped off his stretcher and he starts walking. The interesting thing then, Jesus said, pick up your stretcher or your mat and carry it home. The four guys saying, Yahoo! We don't have to carry him home. Thank you, Jesus. They were the most excited guys in the crowd, apart from the guy that actually got healed. It's not all hard work when you're serving Jesus because His power comes and He changes things that we can't change. He gives us strength and courage to keep on going when we're overwhelmed or discouraged or just weary and well-doing. There's some people here, God says, don't be weary and well-doing, keep on sowing, keep on loving, keep on connecting your face to Jesus and carrying people to these presence and see what God will do, see what He will do. There's a whole lot of people in this city and community ready to come to Christ but they just haven't been connected yet with someone and someone hasn't carried or invited him to get here you say i've tried and they weren't ready i've learned don't give up i see lisa down there lisa Braun, what a beautiful beautiful lady lisa is she came to the lord in this church through rachel lisa's daughter and rachel are friends at school the daughter goes off to uni meets christ at a university comes back to her and says i want to go to rachel's church I don't know if she'd ever been even been to church, had she? When I want to come and brought her mum along and she hasn't stopped coming. And her daughter's now married and they're been serving Jesus in missions and, and, and down in Brisbane and wherever. I thought, you never know when you're carrying someone just by your life, by your love, by your care, by, by just carrying people to the presence of Jesus. Folks, this is not hard. It's just a focus. It's a choice. It's not giving up. It's praying, it's loving, it's giving, it's serving. It's sometimes just the little nudge the Holy Spirit gives you. Go and take a meal to that new family down the road because they're in need. You never know that's the doorway. Why are you doing this? I'm a Christian and, and I love to share. You find out when and how you communicate the truth and get, let God's love. Because we, if we have a culture of welcome in this house, we're going to see lives transformed. And then at the end of the story, it says in the Luke version, Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Hallelujah. We're going to see more and more remarkable things. Lives transform. People, Sunday morning in the 8.30 service is a transformation's graduation again. A few weeks time, we'll have a baptism. We're going to do the next one down the beach on a Sunday afternoon. 4.30, 430 we're going to go down to the pier and have a short service and do our baptism and have picnic tea or barbecue down down the beach I thought well wow, let's get out in the community and take what we've got let's carry it into the into the pres our God's presence to e- wherever we are just the last verse to wrap it up the one that Mary Lynn read as we uh, get ready just to take a moment of response to God Ephesians 3 19 and 20. That you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God Himself. Wow, wow, wow. When you connect with Jesus every day, it says you will be filled and completely flooded with God. His love, His grace, His compassion, His strength, His energy, His gifts, His creativity. I hope you don't have to rip off some roofs to get people into the presence of God. But He'll give you creative ways that might connect with their soul. It might challenge you to go to their marketplace, their world, to connect with them and then they'll come to you. You go to their gym and hang out with them and then they want to say, hey, there's something different about you sometimes we've got to go to their world so they will come to our world in God's wisdom thanks worship team live full lives full and the fullness of God you say well what do we do with a message like this do you know the word responsibility is made up of two words response and ability so responsibility is when you respond to God's ability in you and his ability to change lives So God's calling us to be responsible followers of Jesus, to take our corner of the stretcher, whatever that looks like, in administration, in teaching, in counselling, in support, in loving, in caring, in mentoring, supporting new Christians, whatever it looks like, as we do that in our circle of influence, I've learned God will continue to enlarge the circle of influence. That's what He's doing for our lives and our church and his body and many of you are just doing amazingly at that some of us have got a few excuses why we're not doing as much as we could or should it's not about working harder it's just being focused and obedient and God's love and life flows why don't we stand in his presence right now oh Jesus we're going to sing this beautiful song again and I want us to take a moment I'm going to invite you Say, so Lord, here's my life, my experiences, my challenges, my needs. Maybe you're here today and you need to get on the stretcher. or you're already on the stretch saying, I'm going through a lot of pain and grief. That's a season where you're getting healed and restored, refreshed. We all have those seasons in our lives. <clears throat> Maybe you're here saying, how can I carry the corner of my corner of the stretcher better? As we sing this song, I invite you to... Maybe just put your hands out in front of you as, as like you're offering a gift of your life and your talents and experience saying, God, I love you. I'm available. God, continue to show me and strengthen me to just carry my load of the stretch or whatever that looks like in your family, household, community, through your business, profession. God's raising up another army. Not to replace Billy Graham because he was unique. That the world needs men and women who are going to live out Jesus passionately, that they are compelled to come in. They are drawn with such a compulsion saying, I need that sort of love that is in your soul. I need that sort of peace that you have. I need that hope that you have. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.